Now on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what are you discussing with each other while you walk along? They stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in these days? He asked them, what things? They replied, the things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some women of our group astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning, and when they did not find his body there, they came back and told us what they had indeed seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see him. Then he said to them, Oh, how foolish you are, and how slow of heart to believe all the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into the glory? Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself in all the scriptures. As they came near the village to which they were going, he walked ahead as if he were going on. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, because it is almost evening, and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? That same hour, they got up and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and their companions gathered together. They were saying, the Lord has risen indeed, and he has appeared to Simon. When they told what had happened on the road and how he had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread, the Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. I just want you to know how refreshing it is to hear these background noises, these little feet running around and um, the hustle and bustle in the sanctuary. And it's just so, so good to see you all and be back together. So let's pray. 
God, we just pray for your spirit, uh, your spirit that always shows up when we're gathered together, when we uh, speak your word and when we share your meal. And so um, for that spirit among us, how it will enter our hearts in such a specific, particular way today. For that, we are so grateful. Amen. So it was February of 2013, and I was feeling really depleted and actually guilty. There was so much at that time filling my days, and I kept saying, I need to go visit my grandma. And I really wanted to see her, but the winter driving to St. Paul is never easy, and I was wrangling little kids at the time. So it just happened to be the Friday before President's Day, and I was off of work, and my kids were off of school, and so I dropped them off at my parents' house, and I went to see my grandma. I knocked on her door at assisted living, and I waited patiently, and she didn't answer. So I eventually walked in, and I found her asleep on her recliner. I reached out to her hands, and she awoke. Oh, Bethy, she said, I was just dreaming about your grandpa. As we talked, she pulled out an old pill bottle from the quilted pocket attached to the bar on her walker, which now held lemon drops. She offered me one, and the sweet and sour taste brought me back to my childhood, and the crystal candy jar that used to be on her living room table that was always filled with those drops. Now, sitting on the table next to her chair was her prayer book and the newspaper open to the stock page. I noticed her investments were circled in red pen. She reminded me that she always began her day first with her devotion and then a quick look at the ups and downs of the market. <laughs> we caught up on the coming and going of life hers a little bit less than mine. I brought my traveling communion set that day as I remember that she wasn't able to go to church regularly. And so I spoke the words of Jesus and I broke the wafer. My grandma was no longer able to eat solid food, so I dipped a broken piece of the wafer into the tiny cup of wine. And we both watched as the wine slowly absorbed into the wafer, saturating it just like you see on the paper towel commercials. The body of Christ given for you, the blood of Christ shed for you, Grams, and I placed it on her tongue. We talked on and then she reminded me it was time for her to walk down for lunch. We looked at the menu that day, shrimp scampi, and we laughed as we thought about how the pureed version of that would taste. We shuffled down the hall, and we found her table. She proudly introduced me to her friends that she ate with, and she gave me one of those tight grandma hugs, and I smelled the perfume on her neck, and I felt love. For some crazy reason, we decided to take a picture that day. And when I left, I no longer felt guilty or depleted. And I was smiling at all the personality that still bubbled from her 100-year-old body. 
and I really look forward to the next time that we could be together. Just a few days later, she fell, and then she died shortly after that. And when I heard the news, I thought back to that unanticipated vision, and my eyes were opened to realize that that time we had together was our goodbye. I didn't even realize it at the time. Life and death joining together in the wine-saturated wafer, promises spoken, a meal of that bread and wine, lemon drops with the anticipation of pureed shrimp scampi, wrinkled hands holding younger ones, grandma and granddaughter held in love, revealed in that moment, but still not in its fullness. I didn't reveal when I didn't realize when I was there how sacred that was that it was a gift that was given to me how did I not see that The story we hear today is the road to Emmaus the setting is the night of Jesus resurrection we always hear the story of the women coming to the empty tomb at the break of dawn on Easter morning but this is an Easter story too. It's the end of the day and the two disciples are making the walk from Jerusalem to Emmaus and they're processing all the events of the day. They're also feeling guilty and depleted knowing Jesus had died and now supposedly he has risen. But how could they ever really know if that was true? What difference could this make as they walk the road? that night Jesus comes and he starts walking with them but they don't recognize him they stop to rest and they invite him to stay and join them and so Jesus takes bread and he blesses it and he gives it to them and then their eyes are opened Jesus reveals God's presence in the past through scripture, but also in that very moment that they are at. There are so many priorities competing for our time. It's been awesome to catch up with you and hear about this summer and this first week back to regular schedules. The pace and the expectation those of our culture often leave us feeling guilty and depleted some days. You may wonder, what difference does it make that you came to church today? What difference does it make that we gather week after week and we hear a story from the Bible and we sing and we pray and we take part in this meal that was established thousands of years ago? How can this possibly matter to what we're dealing with right now? Where is God in all of this? Maybe you feel changed or maybe you don't when you hear this promise that God has made known for you. When you open your hands to receive a little piece of bread or a cracker, when the wine hits your lips. Yet a promise is spoken and it's for you. What you are given is God, God made flesh 
the God of all time who created you and all people, and he calls you and he forgives you and he promises he's going to show up in your life. And then there's this God's unassuming power that he will open your eyes to reveal the sacred in your midst. And it's made known when we eat together, when we share a meal, in the regular things, like coming close to people and being nourished. But it seems so fleeting. Why didn't Jesus stay longer with the two disciples? Why did he go so quickly? Why didn't God knock me on the head and say, this is the goodbye with your grandma? Maybe it's the words of Soren Kierkegaard. Life can only be understood backwards, but it must be lived forward. Yet hear this, God comes and God will come again. Even when you can't feel it or grab onto it or you don't think it's for you, it's still there. The promise still holds. God blesses whatever it is you have. And then he gives you the opportunity to notice the sacred in the ordinary because that's where he, choose to show, he chooses to show up. And then for us to savor this, to receive it as a gift, this meal changes us and it opens our eyes. As Pastor Joel said as he welcomed all of us back, we're getting ready to host a community meal with loaves and fishes before the end of the year. This is present tense. It's happening. The kitchen is under construction. Old stuff is out. New stuff is coming in. Plans are being made on how we're going to do this. And although it's still incomplete now, we trust in how God will be made known in the details of this community meal at Mount Olivet. New things are going to be revealed. We will encounter new people. Some of you, many of us, are going to be called and our eyes will be opened. In the meantime, think about your life. What's a meal that you have had that has opened your eyes to God? There's an apron outside on the table, outside of the sanctuary. Each week now, for 12 weeks, we're going to hear a feeding story from the Bible, and we're going to ask one question every week. And we're going to ask you to write your answer on that apron. And then that apron is going to be used as we serve this community meal. What happens in worship with this meal that changes us is going to be present down at the other end of the, at the building at another meal. What meal has opened your eyes to God? May we be held in trust in the promises that are spoken here and revealed. And may our eyes be opened. Amen.